Mothering Sunday, which I think is a really interesting film, um, adapted from a novel, a novella, short novel by uh, Graham Swift. Uh, it's adapted by Alice Birch, who did the script for Lady Macbeth and uh, Normal People. Okay, that's and, pretty good. Yeah, I know. You loved Normal People, didn't you, the TV show? Yes, and the Macbeth film, which I thought... Yeah, Lady Macbeth is terrific. Directed by uh, Eva Husso, who's Palm Door nominated for uh, Girls of the Sun. The cast includes Colin Firth, Olivia Colman, and incidentally, the and is used in that cast listing. Who, who's the and? I think they're both and. Oh, OK. I think they're both they've and. They've got good agents. And, and. Um, so, um, Odessa Young stars as... Jane Fairchild, a natural-born writer who we see in disparate periods of her life, but we, we, in her dotage she's played by Glenda Jackson very briefly. Um, in her midlife, uh, we see her when her talents blossom with uh, Donald, who is a philosopher, who is her partner, played by Sophie Dirisu, who was so brilliant in his house. But mainly the story plays out in the 1920s, after World War I, when she is a maid at the house of the Nivens, um, she is having an affair with their neighbour's son, Paul, uh, played by Josh O'Connor, who I think is, is just brilliant. Um, but a, there has been a pall of despair cast over both houses by the losses of the war. And Paul is now the surviving son who basically everything has been left to him and therefore there is a marriage which is going to happen which is, and it's not going to be to, <coughs> to a mate, not going to be to Jane Fairchild. So the film plays out on Mothering Sunday, which obviously is a day full of remembrance and grief. Olivia Colman, incidentally, absolutely brilliant as somebody who appears simultaneously flinty yet broken by personal tragedy. And uh, Desi Young's character, Jane Fairchild, because she has no mother, because she is, she is as Olivia uh, Colman's character says, uh, comprehensively bereaved at birth... She has nothing to do on The Mothering Sunday. She thinks what she's going to do is to read books, but then she gets a phone call from Paul. Good morning, Beechwood House. Jane, is that you? Yes, madam. The shall be leaving here for this picnic. I'll be on my own, 11 o'clock, not the back path, Jay, front door. I'm terribly sorry, madam, but you have the wrong number. So then what happens is that during the course of the day, that you know, there seems to be some form of closure coming with their relationship because he is off to this other life. And the film flits backwards and forwards between disparate time periods, between the period later on, as I said, when her writing talents are starting to flourish and develop, and then a period much later on when she has become an accepted and venerated author. So fundamentally, before anything else... It is a portrait of an artist. It is a portrait of somebody becoming a writer. Now, you're a writer. You will know how difficult it is to capture on screen the art of becoming a writer. I mean, it's, you know, you generally end up with things of people sitting at typewriters or sitting with... It's not the most captivating scene. It's not, ever. All, but also it's very hard to describe inspiration. Now, I've seen Mothering Sunday twice now, and I have to say the second time round particularly, I found this very richly interwoven into it, that what it does is it shows you the organic growth of an artistic sensibility. 
you actually you do see somebody developing an ability. As I said, she is a natural born writer. At one point, she's asked about the three most important events in her life. One of them is being born. One of them is being given a typewriter. But I think what the drama does is shows you that happening. Now, beyond that, it's a period uh, movie set in you know in a you know British uh, wealthy upper class and. Those films often have a very stuffy edge. This doesn't, uh, because the director, I think it has a, you know, a, a sort of sensuous edge. It's, it's impressively unembarrassed about intimacy, which I think is, is well done. Um, it's a film that's not afraid of its subject matter in any way, but I also don't think it's gratuitous. I think that it deals with the subject matter in exactly the way that subject matter should, because the subject matter is passion and loss and grief and death and rebirth. And there is a wonderful score, wonderful music by Morgan Kibbe, which I think is terrific, great composer. And it's beautifully shot. There are a couple of very, very haunting images in it that stay with me. But the thing that the thing that's most important, firstly, you could look at, there are a couple of posters for it. One of the posters makes it look like Upstairs, Downstairs meets Downton Abbey on a slightly glum Sunday, and it is not that film. And the other thing is, it is a film that took me two two viewings to fully understand what was going on in terms of the way in which the story was being told. And it was on the second time round that I thought, actually, this, this really is very accomplished in the way in which it is moving those time periods. And it was really only on the second time that I watched it that I appreciated just how good it is at describing the dawning of an artistic life. And I do think that's a very difficult thing to capture on screen. I think there's a reason why not many movies do it, and most of the movies that do do it don't do it very well. I also think that when people talk about this film, that's probably not what they primarily talk about, because probably what they talk about is, you know, a coming-of-age story or an intimacy story or a you know, story about class, and, and all those things are in it as well. But for me, it's a portrait of a dawning artistic sensibility, and I was struck by it, surprisingly, particularly the second time round, I was particularly struck by just how well you actually see on screen somebody becoming an artist. I guess the tr traditionally you would have a, a writer in front of a typewriter going through sheet after sheet <laughs> yes, after sheet. Tearing them out. Yes, screen, them chucking them into the them bin. In. Uh, I think Michael Caine did some of that in, uh, in that bestseller. He did a lot of Filling that. baskets of re <laughs> rejects. There would be excessive use of cigarettes, pipes, God, I tell you, the best, and whiskey. Do you remember the beginning of Misery, which is that James Caan finishes writing the book and then he's got the glass of whiskey and the cigarette because he doesn't smoke and he doesn't put at the end of writing and he just puts the thing on the thing and then he has the cigarette and then he has the glass and the next thing he meets Kathy Bates. Yes. <laughs>